You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Singing about the cross, it just should stir all of our soul, that's for sure. All right, Genesis chapter 29, keep your Bibles out here. And as we're going to look at this story, as we look through this passage of Scripture, we see an event uh, that took place, and it it is a situation in life that wasn't God's plan. God's plan wasn't for, uh, for polygamy. That wasn't God's plan. He, wasn't, he was not uh, condoning uh, multiple wives. Uh, but this was a situation that had taken place. And uh, isn't it amazing we have a God that can take any circumstance and he can bring some glory through it. He can bring some peace out of things that were never really his plan to begin with. And here we find a family that it was a pretty messed up family. Aren't you glad that God can use a messed up family? <laughs> uh, and here we see this uh, event of what was taking place. And we are continuing our Bible study as we go through uh, the summer baggage. And I didn't get the baggage up here this morning, but uh, we, we have gone through the last three weeks. First week, we looked at forgiveness and just how that is some baggage that we carry along with us in life things that we should get rid of, things that we should put away and not pull back out. Uh, We looked at forgiveness. We looked at fear and how fear is something that many of us carry around with us. And the Bible says that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. God does not want us to live in fear. He wants us to live in faith. And that's trusting him. And then we looked also at the area of pride. And so it's, it's baggage that we deal with. This morning, we're going to look at something that we sort of don't even regard as being a bag to carry around. It's the area of comparison. Comparison. You know, comparison is something that will, will defend Feet you. It will bring you down or it will falsely bring you up. It will either feed pride or it will feed uh, that attitude of, of despair in your life. Comparison is not a good thing. And here we find this, this family going through and dealing with Uh, with a lot of pressures and problems, and it was sort of revolving around this area called comparison. And so that's the title of the message this morning, Comparison. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. Uh, Lord, you know the needs of each person that's here, those that are watching online. I pray that you would help all of us, uh, Lord, just to draw a circle around our own self And may you just speak to our hearts. Help us to grow. Uh, Lord, we're here because we want to grow. We want to know how you want us to live. And so uh, help us to be teachable. Help us to be open and listening. And may the Spirit of God speak to our hearts, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. 
So here we find Jacob. Uh, Jacob has worked uh, the dowry for his wife. He loved uh, Rachel, and here he was. He was he was going. Uh, the dowry was that he had to serve his father-in-law uh, for seven years. And what a terrible dowry that would have been. I can't imagine having to serve my father-in-law for seven years. Uh, and so uh, anyway, uh, so here we find uh, Jacob serving Laban, and he is serving for uh, his ability to marry Rachel and to be able to take her as his wife. He, he gets married and uh, he serves for seven years. He, they get, he gets married and on the day after the wedding, he wakes up and finds it wasn't Rachel. It was, his, it was her sister. Wow, talk about a terrible wake-up moment. <laughs> Waking up and it's the wrong woman. Uh, when Jonathan and Tiffany uh, got married and I was performing their wedding, uh, Tiffany had how many sisters? Six sisters? Five or six sisters. And anyway, uh, I told Jonathan, you better lift up that veil before we say I do. Make sure it's the right one. Uh, and so uh, anyway, uh, here Jacob wakes up and he is married to the wrong woman. He goes back to Laban and said, you've beguiled me, you tricked me. And he said, listen, he says, it's not custom for the younger to marry before the older. And so, uh, so you had to marry her first, uh, but he didn't ever tell him, tell him that. And so now he is married uh, to a woman that he does not love. What a situation. You know what, there have been circumstances in many people's life or they married somebody they didn't love. Maybe they married because of uh, indiscretion morally. Maybe there were some financial benefits and there was, there was uh, maybe a lady that was in a spot and she just needed out of a terrible spot. And so she married somebody just to get away from one spot and married right into another one, marry somebody that they did not love. And let me, let me just go on and say, God can use you no matter what your circumstance. Amen. You know, we got to grab a hold of that. We can't change the past, but we can move forward in our future. And here we look at this situation. Uh, Jacob goes back to Laban and says, hey, this is not the girl I wanted. Uh, I wanted Rachel, and she was the one I, I married, well, I was intending to marry. And Laban said, well, you have, to, you have to keep Leah for a week. And then after the week's over, the, the week of marriage, then I'll give you Rachel as well. And then you can have her as your wife, but you have to serve me for another seven years. And so now 14 years uh, to get the first wife that he wanted. Uh, and, uh, but now you have what kind of pressure in that home? You have Leah, who is married. She's married first. But she wasn't the chosen one. She wasn't the one that was picked. And now she's married 
and in steps her sister. And it's, she's, she's the one that was more beautiful. Uh, the Bible talks about Leah and how her eye, she had uh, eyes. Uh, so something was going on with her eyes. And, uh, and so there was, a, there was a beauty issue that was going on. There was a preference issue that was going on. And now we find this battle on who's going to have the most kids. And in this time of culture, being able to, to have male children, was, that was the impetus. It was to, to uh, have successors of the family name, those that were going to be able to carry on uh, the family name, those that were going to ca- carry on the traditions, those that were going to carry on uh, the, the work uh, of the family. And, and so uh, it was a big deal. So now we have Leah, and she goes through, and she ends up having four sons. And with that, now she is feeling like, okay, now after, we, we're looking at four years, four years later, uh, we're looking at a lady that's finally saying, he's going to love me now. What a pressure. Could you imagine the stress inside that home? You know, there are times where you, Thanksgiving comes and family gets together, get togethers happen and all of a sudden now you can just sort of cut the tension that's in the, in the air. What kind of tension was in that home? A whole bunch of it between Rachel and her sister. And so look at verse 31 of Genesis 29. It says, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, the word hate there is not the word hate as in was despised. It was the same term that the Lord used when he said, if any man hate not his father or mother or sister, he cannot be my disciple. What he was, was doing, it was, a, it was a term of comparison. It was a term of comparison saying, the, the love that Jacob had for Rachel was a lot higher compared to the love for Leah. So Leah, in comparison, was hated as opposed to Rachel. It wasn't that Jacob hated her, but he, he didn't, it wasn't the one that he picked. And so here there is this comparison, if you would. And so... Um, but what we find is uh, that, that the Lord, uh, that she was hated and the Lord, Lord opened her womb. You know what it was? God was being gracious to her because she was not loved as much. Isn't God good? He always balances things out. God is a just God. You know, in life, there are going to be indiscretions. And in life, there are going to be injustices. Let me tell you something. God is going to level it all out. 
He's going to take care of it. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's in a friendship. No matter what, God will take care of that. Skip down to chapter 30 and verse number one. It says, and when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. Now, wait a second. You have, you have Leah who wants the love of Jacob that Rachel is getting. And Rachel now is looking at the blessings of God in Leah's life. And she wants what Leah has. And Leah wants what Rachel has. What do we find here? We find comparison. You know what? That was a situation where nothing good came from. So we're going to look at several things this morning. Number one, I want you to see God didn't make a mistake when he made you. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. You know, there are so many comparisons that we make with ourselves compared to somebody else on things that we cannot change. You know what? Deb can't change her height. She's been four foot four about whole, her whole life. No, she's taller than that. Uh, but when we first started dating, we were the same height. Some of us grew up. <laughs> uh, and out, yeah, she, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I grew out. Uh, and so, uh, no, we, we, uh, uh, there are things about us that we cannot change. There, you can't change unless you go down to have uh, some plastic surgery. Do you know how many people are discontent with who they are? And the reason we, have, we are discontent with who we are is we are comparing ourselves with somebody else. Those that are short want to be taller. Those that are taller want to be short. Those ladies that have straight hair want to have curly hair. And those that have curly hair want to have straight hair. It's crazy. It, it is absolutely crazy. Uh, Deb and I, when, when we were uh, dating, uh, she, she had straight hair. It was long, straight, uh, and her hair back then, it was strawberry blonde. And I used to tease her. Her hair was strawberry blonde. She was mad, but didn't know why. Uh, having the red head. Uh, uh, and so, uh, but anyway, uh, she, had, she had that strawberry long hair, or red hair, and it was long. And so we were getting ready to get married, and I would swing by her house on my way to work. And uh, it was just a month before the wedding, somewhere in there somewhere. And she decided she was going to get a perm. And straight hair and curly hair, what's the deal? I don't know. And so anyway, I, I knock on the door. She comes to the door and her hair is kinky curly. I mean, kinky curly. Now, I should not have done this what I did, I literally started laughing out loud. I started laughing and I, I was laughing so much I doubled over. I'm standing at the door. She's standing with the screen open. I stand back up and I go, woof, woof. <laughs> uh, and she still married me. So uh, 
so it's on. But uh, anyway, uh, that, that, that comparison, though, why, why is it that we, we don't like what we are, we want to be something else? You have a, a bigger nose than you want to have, or bigger ears, or whatever the situation, people over and over again in life, uh, we, we want to be someone. There is this comparison. We look at what the world says beauty looks like, and now if everybody doesn't match up to that, then now there is this discontentedness with ourselves. Let me tell you, God didn't make a mistake. God didn't make a mistake in who you are. He made you specifically. And it's important for us to recognize that. Uh, Psalm 139, 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? If we are not, com- if we are not content with, with who God made us to be, we will not praise him for his creation in us. You know what? Uh, God God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He made you the right height. He made you with the right features. He made you exactly how he wanted you to be. And you and I have to get to a place where we embrace that because there's an unsettling that happens in the soul of a person Uh, because when we are not content with who we are, we do not trust God. How can I trust God in faith if I don't trust that he didn't make a mistake with me? You know, I'll hear different preachers preach. Some of those guys, big stature, booming voice. Like, Lord, I didn't get that. But the reality is, God made me the way he made me. And if I am discontent with what he has done in my life, with who he has made me as, then how am I going to grow in my own life? I have, I've got to trust the Lord. You and I have to trust the Lord. We have to trust that he didn't make a mistake when he made us. Uh, uh, here, uh, we, we see this, uh, this, uh, uh, this family, and they were not content. Rachel was not content with her barrenness. Leah was not content with the affection or lack of affection, love that she was receiving. There was was a discontentedness. And we have to realize uh, that that, uh, God made us specifically. Uh, You know, when we look at abstract art, how many of you like abstract art? A few. Okay. When I look at abstract art, I see spots, I see squiggles, and I see splotches. I, I, I look at it and it's like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe somebody just grabs some paint, throw it up on the wall, and that's all it took. Is that what it takes, Miss Haley? Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's what I see. But other people look at that same thing and they see enough to p- spend millions of dollars for it. You know what? Everybody might not like how you are. But that's okay. God made you a masterpiece. There's only one you. My my mother-in-law is a twin. An identical twin. But they are different. 
God only made one of you. Your DNA is yours. He made you specifically how he wanted you to be. And, and you are a masterpiece. And if others don't see that God made you as a masterpiece, that's okay. Let them spend millions on something else. All right? Uh, but we have to realize God did not make a mistake when he made you. Secondly, it's unwise to compare ourselves to others. It's unwise to compare ourselves to others. Take your Bibles. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And look with me at verse number 12, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Second Corinthians 10, 12, the Bible says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You know, the church in Corinth, it was a baby church. And we hear about that. The apostle Paul put a lot of time and energy in this, uh, in this church. It was a baby church. And because it was a baby church, it was a carnal church. Now, let me, let me say this. Just because a church is not a baby church does not mean it's not a carnal church. Be, just because there are people in the church that have age does not mean that there is maturity attached to that, spiritual maturity. And the reality is we need to be growing in our faith. Uh, we as a believer, we as members of the body of Christ, uh, we should be growing in our faith. Faith, and we should be more mature, spiritually speaking. Uh, immaturity and carnality, they go hand in hand. Immaturity and carnality, they go hand in hand. This church of Corinth, it had all kinds of issues going on. Uh, they had people that were bringing immorality into the church, and that is not supposed to be even named among you uh, as believers. Uh, God's people, even in 2022, are supposed to be moral. Amen. Uh, and we need to be following the, the, the principles of Scripture. But what this church had, in their spiritual immaturity, uh, they allowed some false teachers who were called Judaizers. And they were trying to take these new believers back into Old Testament law. They were trying to get them to add the Old Testament ordinances into the New Testament church, and they are done away. Uh, Colossians 3 tells us that the ordinances have been nailed to the cross. They're no longer uh, ones that we follow. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has fulfilled them. But these Judaizers had come into the church and they were trying to bring the, and draw these young believers back into the, uh, all of the ordinances of the Old Testament and so there was a lot of legalism. Now, when people use the term legalism uh, today, they use it uh, incorrectly. Legalism is a theological term. 
It's a term of theology that, that defines uh, salvation. And so uh, with that, uh, legalism is a belief that salvation demands or depends upon total obedience to the letter of the law. Uh, when you add anything to salvation besides grace through faith and the finished work of Christ, you are adding to salvation. Salvation is only through Christ. That's it. Uh, there is no work. Uh, you can't add baptism to it. Uh, that, would, that would be adding to salvation. That would be legalism. You can't add offerings to it. Though I want you to be faithful with your tithes and offerings and generosity, offerings have nothing to do with salvation. Uh, we give because God has been good to us, uh, not so we can try to merit or earn salvation. Uh, and so legalism here is what was creeping into this church. And the Apostle Paul had set up this church. Paul had, ha, had taught these believers, and now he's writing to them because these events are going on. And he has to warn them uh, about this, this uh, unwise thing that was going on. These people were, were bringing in these laws, and now they were looking at themselves. Well, I'm better than you because I don't do thus, thus, and thus. Or I'm better than you because I do these things here. And, and that is a very unhealthy thing. It's unwise, the Bible says. He said, uh, uh, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves uh, among themselves are not wise. If it's not wise, it's foolish. So when we look at Hollywood and we look at the trends, we look at uh, the features, we look at the, the situation, the financial situation that somebody has uh, versus what you have, uh, the, the clothing, the possessions, uh, all of those things, comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, the Bible tells us this is not wise. This is not wise. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be a wise individual. The Bible says in the book of James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God isn't going to chasten us for not having wisdom. He said, you come to me and ask me for wisdom, and you seek wisdom. He says, I'll give it to you. I'll give you wisdom. God wants us to be wise. He tells us, hey, this is something that is unwise. Don't do this. So comparison, uh, first of all, we see that God did not make a mistake when he made you. Secondly, it's unwise to compare ourselves to others. Thirdly, I want you to see comparison is not healthy. It's not healthy. Comparison is destructive. It's destructive. Comparison will lead to defeat. Comparison will lead to despair and discouragement. Comparison will lead to depression. I, I mentioned this not too long ago. Be careful on what you watch. I mean, be careful on all of the things that you see that other people have that you don't have. Be careful on what you look at, what you focus on. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The Bible tells us we need to guard our heart. Why? Because, because with 
our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We've got to guard our heart uh, because it's going to change our direction. And and here, when we are uh, when we are being compa- we are comparing ourselves to other people, it's not a healthy situation. Leah and Rachel uh, were not in a battle against each other. It wasn't a battle. You know what? God's the one that opens the womb. God's the one that closes the womb. Here, this was a battle that they were fighting that they had no control over. And there was a unhealthy environment because of it. And we see that, that uh, uh, Leah, she felt like she was hated. Uh, and then you find Rachel uh, uh, seeing, uh, feeling that she envied uh, Leah. Her, she envied her sister. And, and here we, we see that uh, this was an unhealthy situation. Uh, and they were not happy with their current situation. And I'm not talking about being content that you're not growing, not maturing, not uh, bettering yourself. I'm talking about being content with the things God has given you in your life and being, being thankful for it and praising him for it. But if we're not happy, if we're comparing ourselves to everybody else, we are going to feel like we are missing out. Uh, it does, it does two things. It's either going to compare ourselves to where now we feel like we are better than somebody else and that false pride, uh, that pride raises up or it gives us that, that sense of defeat. And that is, uh, of course, that's discouraging. So let me ask you a question. Who do you compare yourself with? Who do you compare yourself with? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? There are comparisons in the Bible where there was family issues. What was it? There was favorites in the home. Maybe mom had a favorite or dad had a favorite. You know, parents, that's dangerous. Don't have favorites among your kids. Now, my brother, he's watching the service. He knows I'm the favorite. (laughs) And it's a a joke. Our family gets together, and it's always, I'm the favorite. And, you know, we, we, we know, everybody knows I'm the favorite. But mom can't tell anybody that I'm the favorite, but we all know it. Uh... But in the scripture, we see that Isaac and Rebekah, they had favorites, Jacob and Esau, and the trouble that that caused in that home and that family. Jacob was Rebekah's favorite. Esau was Isaac's favorite. Jacob later, his name's going to be changed to Israel. He's going to have 12 sons, uh, and he carried that favoritism into his own life. And what happened? Joseph was the favorite. He was favored. Uh, Take your Bibles. Go to Genesis chapter 37. And Genesis 37, just a couple pages over there. Genesis 37. Look at verse number three. 
Genesis 37, 3, the Bible says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Uh, What was it? There was a comparison that was going on. He's favored. I'm not favored. Uh, He always gets what's best. Uh, uh, She always gets what's best. that comparison that goes on. It's a very unhealthy situation. Skip down to verse 19. Uh, the Bible says, and they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. What happens? Now the brothers hated him so much that they were willing to kill their brother. Because of that injustice within the home, because of those comparisons, because of that favoritism, it is unhealthy. It's unhealthy for you, and it's unhealthy for those around you. This is some baggage that we carry around that is destructive. Maybe it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe there's something going on at work and you just feel like somebody else always gets a better shake. And you start the comparison game. You know what? You're miserable. It's unhealthy for you. You, you have to guard your heart. Uh, and, and maybe that's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody you sit in church with. Maybe it's somebody that has more than what you have. And you feel like you have been jaded. Maybe somebody else gets more accolades. Maybe somebody else seems to get more answers to prayer. More blessings. You know, we have to be very careful of this area of comparison. It's unhealthy. It is destructive, and, and, and maybe you don't have a beautiful voice. You don't have the ability to sing like some others that sing. Now, I, just, I get to sing because I'm pastor. But, but the reality is, there are people that have amazing voices, and there are people that do not. But that comparison, if we're not careful... It can be destructive in our own situation. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, a voice. Maybe it's financial situation. Um, you know, when, when we get to heaven, we will not stand before God for anybody else but ourselves. God doesn't compare us with anybody else. He doesn't. You know, we're going to stand before the Lord And our standing before the Lord is going to be, we are going to be judged based on our potential. What we could do. There's going to be judgment on what we did or what we did not do. The omissions or the commissions. But it's not going to be, here, Brother Frank, go ahead and stand up real quick. It's not going to be that we're going to stand next to somebody else and we're not in a race with them. 
Can you imagine standing next to the Apostle Paul? We're going to pretend you're the Apostle Paul. I might tell you, I don't want to be next in line. The Apostle Paul. I'm glad my name starts with B. <laughs> uh, Brown. Uh, and thank you. You know, we, we aren't going to be compared amongst ourselves. God says that's not wise. This area of comparison It's baggage that we carry that is completely self-inflicted. We carry weights around that we don't have to carry around. We we put some weight on ourselves that was never intended to be there. But it all comes back to that first point. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. God didn't make a mistake. You know, the Lord knows your situation. In Sunday school this morning, Brother Franklin had mentioned how God didn't just choose the cost of salvation. He also has figured out the sustaining needs for us. You know, God's got it all figured out from the beginning to the end. Even in our life, we've got to trust him. Comparison. A very dangerous thing. It is destructive for you. It's destructive in the relationships that you have. And it's baggage. It's baggage that we just need to give back to God. Saying, Lord, you said this is not wise. Help me to quit doing this. And it comes up in your own soul and in your mind. You've got to cast that imagination out. You've got to control those thoughts. You've got to stop it before it keeps on building and growing and that root gets deeper and deeper. That path of memory that gets ingrained because we keep thinking that wrong thing and it becomes a default. It becomes a base thought for us. And that should not be the case. Contentment, that comparison, how it is injurious to us. Summer baggage, summer baggage, forgiveness, pride, fear, and here comparison. May we just set these things aside and not allow them to dominate our minds. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. You know the needs of each person here. And as I look around, Lord, I see many that have just faithfully served you year after year. And uh, But Lord, everybody deals with different things in their own soul and in their own heart. And I pray that you would help us today in this area of comparison. I pray that you would help us, Lord, just to uh, trust you. You made, uh, you made us and there was not a mistake you do all things well. And so we, we come before you and we thank you for that. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us in this area of comparison and help us not, Lord, to, to go down a direction that would be destructive. So speak to hearts as only you can. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, I pray today would be the day that they trust you as their personal Savior, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to have a short invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me encourage you today. Trust him. Trust him. If you don't know that if you died, you'd go to heaven, let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you exactly what God has to say about you going to heaven. 
Maybe the Lord put his finger on this area of comparison in your heart. Maybe there's some people, maybe there's some events. Maybe it has become a, stat, a, a, a basis for your thinking. It's just comparison over and over and over again. Let it go. It's destructive. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.